Have you noticed it's nearly Christmas? Like this week is Christmas. And if you haven't noticed, you may have noticed around the malls and maybe the tinsel creeping in, the sound of the Christmas carols getting louder from the office next door to yours, or the Christmas lights flashing in your window at night from the neighbour. It's nearly Christmas. Can you feel that it's coming? Less than a week away, do you know that it's coming? And amongst all the tinsel, all the sparkle, all the expense of Christmas, do you notice the sound of God speaking? Or the significance of what Christmas means that Jesus has come? Coming up to Christmas, as as many of you will have been, I've been reflecting again on this Christmas story, trying to read it again as if I was maybe one of the characters in the story that I know so well, but without all my preconceived ideas about all of what I know is coming next, about what I've already understood, but trying to imagine it as if I was one of these people living this Christmas story in real time. And it's relatively difficult to do as someone who's grown up hearing the same Christmas story every year. But I thought, if I was one of these people in this story, and I experienced some of the things that they were experiencing in real time, Would I have the same reaction to them? Or would I respond in the same way if I only knew part of the story? A number of weeks ago, Dave was sharing how the disciples knew only part of the story and how how Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, it is finished. And we know from knowing the story that that's, Not the end because Jesus came and he rose again. But in that moment, the disciples were going, ah, seems like a silly end to a story. Doesn't quite make sense. They didn't realize that the rest of the story was still to come. But we know the story. We know the Christmas story. And what is it like to go through moments in our days? I think we all go through them. Sometimes moments in our days, sometimes seasons in our lives, sometimes years where we don't know what's coming next. We don't know the next chapter or the next phase of our story. There's sometimes a lot of uncertainty. But there is a story that we do know that can give us certainty. And maybe we're not applying the Christmas story that we know, the hope, the grace, the freedom that started with Jesus at Christmas to the everyday story of our lives. Back to the people in our Christmas story. 
as they were experiencing things, maybe they were beginning to hear the sound of God moving. Maybe they were beginning to notice some of the things lining up. Maybe they had an an understanding that something was starting. You know, they'd had this prophecy many, many years ago back in Isaiah about a coming king. But there weren't many, if any, people who knew exactly what that meant, about who it was meant for, about when it was going to happen, to whom. And even the prophecy came with a whole lot of assumptions about how this king would arrive, who he would be, what he would look like, how he would come to power. But the people in our story, experiencing this story in real time, uncertain of the voices they were hearing. Was it really God that said that? Or was it just me? Or was it just this time of year and I've, I've been really tired and it was just a weird dream? Those doubts and wonderings sound a little bit sometimes like what I can be when I'm hearing God speak. In the story, we meet a man named Zechariah, who one day when he was simply serving God, the great angel Gabriel came and stood before him and told him that he was going to have a son. And Zechariah, with the great angel Gabriel stood before him, shared his doubts, and he was muted for his lack of faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I can read that story and think, Zechariah, you idiot, have you not read the rest of your chapter? Do you not know that you are going to have a son? His name will be John, with camel skin on. And it won't be Don, it won't be Ron. His name is to be? Okay, so some of you have been around church a few years. It's an old Sunday school song. John, haven't you read your chapter? Or Mary, a young Mary. An angel appears to her says that you are going to give birth to Jesus, the hope of the world. And Mary, I can imagine having a few doubts. She's not married. She's still a virgin. Uh, Mary, it's Jesus. Have you not read the Gospels? You know, as someone who's about to raise the Son of God, Highly recommend that you read them. Might, might help you. But she didn't know the rest of that story because she was experiencing it real time. Or Joseph, poor Joseph, who just wanted some clarification on this thing that whether his girlfriend had heard was actually God. Seems reasonable. we can think, Joseph, you're about to raise the son of God. Haven't you realized that that quite soon an angel will appear to you and confirm everything? Duh. But what amazes me, but in each of their doubts and their wonderings, they let faith rise in them. And their, their response was obedience and faithfulness. And their obedience and faithfulness to God in what was a very 
uncertain time coming. They didn't know the rest of the story. They didn't fully understand what it was going to mean to raise the Son of God, to be a family to the King of Kings, to parent the child whose name is above every other name. There were so many unknowns, yet they were obedient and faithful. See, they sensed that God was on the move. God was doing something. And they responded in faith with their yes. There's another character that we can meet in our Christmas story, one many of you will know. Faced perhaps with a similar reality. Reading or have heard the same prophecies. Hearing the same rumors. Hearing the things lining up, maybe that God was ringing out through his people. And in Matthew chapter two, we meet King Herod. In Matthew chapter two, it says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, for the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. It's found in Micah 5. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me so that I too may go and worship him. So after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. King Herod had been approached by the Magi, and he sent them out again to figure out what was going on, to go ahead of him. He knew of the star. He may have heard of the shepherd's experience. He may have read of the prophecies, had them interpreted, had someone explain them to him. And then it's all starting to happen. The star is aligning. The prophecy is beginning to be fulfilled. And his response, it's not one of faith but one of fear. He's threatened by this coming Jesus. He realizes that something is happening and it's going to affect him, require something of him. Herod was threatened in position by a coming king and fearful for his comfort for what that would mean for him. Imagine if this had been Herod's response. I've read the prophecies of the coming king, one who is the son of God, the God of Isaac, 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who delivered all of Israel from Egypt, the God who created the heavens and the earth, who spoke and planets formed, who revealed himself to Moses and gave the Ten Commandments, knowing all that he would have known, seen the star, heard the angels appearing, knowing all that he could have known, the Magi coming. Even if he hadn't believed up until that point, surely with all that evidence, if his response had been, I am the king who gets to welcome this new king at a time when heaven sends to earth the new king, the great rescue plan, the hope. He could have been the one to welcome, could have been one of the first to bow down and worship. Like he originally told the Magi, go and find out so that I too may go and worship. But in this moment, Herod chooses earthly significance over eternal inheritance. Herod chose earthly significance over eternal inheritance. He was threatened by Jesus, fearful for his position, threatened in his status and worried for his comfort. So he calls his officials in and gives the word, I've heard that God is moving. Stop it. Find him and kill him. Put all available personnel on this mission. This Jesus wants my position and he'll oust me from my comfort. What about us? I wonder if sometimes we go to work, sit with our friends, and when we begin to share about our Christmas plans, how often would Jesus come up? We know the story and we know the hope of Jesus, the grace of God and the gift of freedom that we've received. We know that it's at Christmas that we celebrate, that we take time to reflect, to party, to gather together, to remember and consider him. Not Santa, but Jesus. We know the story. Many of us could tell this story without a whole lot of thinking. We know the characters. We know the plot line. But do we appreciate the significance? I think Herod understood that something significant was happening. And he was worried about what that would actually mean for him. We know the story. Jesus, the Son of God, the hope for all humanity, came and was born in a stable, the humblest of beginnings. He lived a life, a perfect life, one without fault, without sin and mistakes. He grew up, he built, he became a carpenter, he lived among us, still faultless, a perfect life. Then he was accused, crucified and buried. But we know that the story doesn't stop there. He rose again, conquering sin and death and returning to sit at the right hand of his father. This story offers us, invites us into the story of God for all humanity. 
It invites us into the freedom of knowing and loving God and being known and loved by God. Many of us have heard or experienced God moving, God speaking to us. Some people here in this room have turned up today just because you've been dragged along and you've had to come. Others have found yourself in church by habit, by accident maybe. And maybe for others, this is a place where you just long to be every Sunday. But knowing the story, knowing that Jesus is coming, knowing that he has already come, how will you respond to Jesus? Howard Hendricks, who was a Christian professor in the States, wrote this, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. In the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. There is a world desperate for answers, desperate for hope, for meaning, for purpose, for love, for joy, for peace. Church, we have them in the story of Jesus. Are we stuttering? Is there something holding us back from standing boldly to give an answer, to share where God is leading us, to take that step of faith and start something new, to stop something old, maybe to revive a dream again? Are we fearful for what others might think? Are we worried about the comfort, all the uncomfortable conversations that may happen in its wake? 1 Peter 3 15 says this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I wonder today, this week, the last few months as we've heard messages about waking up, revival, responding in the spirit of grace, if we've heard and been obedient and faithful like Mary and said, I am willing, like Joseph and said, I'll be faithful, like Zechariah and follow through on what God has asked me to do, or maybe we've responded a little bit like King Herod, maybe not set out to kill what God is doing, but maybe in smaller, more justifiable ways, We've left Jesus off our Christmas list. You've said no to the discomfort of mission. Maybe you've felt the discomfort of uncomfortable conversations, of living a life by the Holy Spirit, of waking up and doing what you feel God is talking about and telling you to do. Those small promptings, giving and sharing the hope that we have in the story of Christmas. Maybe you're hearing this message. Maybe God is prompting you with the names of people, of family members, of neighbours, of colleagues in your workplace, lecturers at uni, student at college, teacher at school, a manager in your office, a contractor who comes on site regularly. Maybe we just find excuses to not say anything. Actions speak louder than words, right? 
When that contractor comes into my house, you know, I've got a little sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They could see that and ask. They could. Well, I mentioned that I went to church a few weeks ago. They could, they could ask a few more questions if they wanted to. They could. Do we hear it? A sound of God speaking. People's eternal salvation. We have hope. We have joy and love and kindness, the fruit of the Spirit in us, of what Jesus has already done for us. Tell people this season that we aren't just exchanging presents and gifts this year. We are remembering the hope of Jesus. We've set time aside in our day, maybe to go to church or consider him, thank him for what he's done, celebrate that Jesus has come. Thank him for what he's already done, that he's already come, died on a cross for us so that we can have a relationship freely, openly with God. But I don't know what will happen at the end of that story. Mary and Joseph had no idea what was coming next when they said we'll be obedient and faithful. But my position, my boss might think less of me if I tell them that I remember Jesus in my Christmas day. The contractor might be awkward if I mention that I am taking time to go to church on Christmas morning. The lecturer at uni might get defensive if I share some of my faith and, don't, and I just don't want to negate the position that I hold. I don't want to give up everything I've worked for. But the Bible says, lay down your life. Go and tell people freedom and hope is found in Jesus. Can I invite the band to come and join me back up on stage? When you sense that God is saying something, when we know the story of Christmas, the significant story that it is, let's get involved. Make it part of our story. Parents, involve your kids in the life of church. Tell this story. Let it become part of their story. Young adults, get involved in the life of church. Join the movement of following Jesus. If there's any cause for us to lay our lives down for, this is the story. This is the hope of Jesus. People of wisdom, older people, pray, encourage, help teach, and model a good life of faith. James put it like this in the Bible, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Would you stand with me if you're able? This story, this Christmas story, Keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. We are part of His story. We know that He has come. We know what He has done. Do not be fearful of what part of what part you might play, but simply listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting and respond with an I am willing. I'll give God my yes. Maybe over the last few months, you've felt God's prompting and 
to have conversations, to say yes to His leading, to maybe step out of your comfort zone and follow His leading. But you haven't done it. Would you just respond to God now and and give me your yes and say, I'm now willing. I will be faithful. Or maybe you haven't heard the sound of God speaking or sensing that He's on the move or the significance of this Christmas story. Would you ask God that His voice would become so loud that you can't miss it? To recognise the sound of His voice, maybe in your own mind, a passage of Scripture that would come alive again, a dream that He'd placed in your heart to be revived. Just ask Him to speak. This Christmas, it's time for us to apply this story that we know, to apply the good news that Jesus has come for all people to the everyday story of the life that we live. God, we thank You for Christmas. We thank You for Your Son. We thank You for the people in our story who said yes, who were faithful and obedient. God, help us to hear Your voice, to be responsive, to be faithful in what You are calling and leading us to do, to share the hope of Christmas this season. Not just this season, but in the coming years, to be bold and confident in that Jesus has come. He's conquered sin, death, all of our mistakes, that we might have right relationship with You. So grateful for Your Son. Help us to remember Him this Christmas.